Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, our midweek Bible study for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed this evening, and I pray God's favor upon each of you. I'm just grateful to have another opportunity to share God's word and his blessings with each of you who've decided to be with us on this evening. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, for these moments, these destiny moments to share your word with your people. Lord, help us through this word to be encouraged, to be strengthened. Lord, for our lights to shine just a little bit brighter, that men might see your works and glorify you who are in heaven. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you, and God keep you. We want to share a little bit from God's word on this evening. God has certainly been good to me, and I pray that God has been good to you as well, that he is blessing you even during this season. I just want to thank God for each of you who are sharing with us, and I just want to pray over your life and pray that the words that we speak tonight from God's word will be a blessing to you. We want to talk a little bit about our errors, our mistakes. Sometimes we can be in error or make a fault, and while we're in fault or while we're in error, we don't we miss out on some teaching or learning moments. And I just want to discuss some of those teaching and learning moments for each of us, even as we encounter our storm. And I wanted to share a little bit from the word from someone who encountered something similar. And I'm thinking of David. Many of us who are familiar with the Bible know that David was a man after God's own heart, but David made many errors and mistakes along the way. And we want to share how maybe David learned a bit from his error and mistake that we find in 2 Samuel. We're going to 2 Samuel and we're looking at chapter 6 and we'll be discussing verses 5 through 12. 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 5 through 12 from the English Standard Version reads, And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came up to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah and God struck him down there because of his error. And he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And the word of the Lord is blessed. We see there in this text where David and his men and the children of Israel had went up to retrieve the Ark of the Covenant. 
And when they went to retrieve it after it had been uh, in Philistine hands for so long, and the Philistines had of themselves decided that they needed to turn that back over to the house, the city of David, to the house of God, to the children of Israel. When they went to obtain it, they made an error in how they carried the ark of God. Now we can get into the minutia of how the ark was to be carried. You can find that there in Numbers and Leviticus. That may be a lesson for another day. But on tonight, we're not digging that deep relative to how the ark should have been carried. But leave it alone. Uh, let it be known that it was not carried in the manner that it should be. And certainly it was not of the province of Uzzah to touch the Ark of the Covenant, to touch that which represented the containment of God's own holy presence. And David, on that day, he made a mistake. The children of Israel made a mistake. And as a result, a man died. And David, for one, he certainly was frustrated when he saw the penalty for his mistake, the penalty for the error, he was frustrated with God. And he got to the point where he was just saying, God, how can it even come to my house? How can I compensate for this error, this mistake? What can be done to assure that the ark can come into my house? Because right now I'm afraid of what might happen if I go forward. He was paralyzed, if you will, in that moment. It reminds us, reminds me of, of the mannequin challenge where people were just sitting there not making any moves. They were not moving. They were not doing anything. They were not accomplishing anything. And we were really just remarking on the people's ability to get this to do nothing. So David had his own mannequin challenge because he was terrified and petrified by what had occurred in his error and his mistake. He did not want to make any moves relative to bringing the ark of God into his house. And sometimes we can be paralyzed by our own mistakes. We can get to a place where we are so frustrated by our outcome, so frustrated by what's happening to us in that moment when we have erred, that we simply just give up. Then we just simply say, well, I'll just do nothing then. And that's really what David was saying. I'm, uh, he was bringing the ark, but he's like, I, I'm not doing it right. And as a result, we've incurred the penalty, the penalty being the death of Uzzah. And Lord, if, if, it's such, if the penalty is so great for making a mistake, then maybe I just should do nothing. And I challenge somebody today that just because you have erred, just because you've made a mistake, just because you've come up short of your goal and your design as to what God wants you to do, don't be paralyzed where you are. Don't feel stuck where you are. Don't stop making moves moves just because you make a mistake. I think that the proverb is that only he that never tries never fails. Yes, as Christians, we can come up short. Yes, as Christians, we experience pitfalls. The Bible says the good man, the righteous man, he, though he falls seven times, he gets back up again. That means we're going to fail. We're going to fall. We're going to come up short. Yes, we may even experience some penalties. There may be some negative results that occur in our lives because of our mistakes. But one of the first things I don't want you to do is don't don't cause that mistake to be greater. Don't cause that mistake to last longer by making no moves after the error. You have to continue to keep working. Why? Because even in your trial, in your mistake, in your error, it is a learning moment. God is teaching you something in this moment. And the question that we should ask instead of God, when is this trial going to be over? Maybe we ought to ask the better question, the better question to ask during your trial, during your storm, during your pitfall, during your slip up is Lord. What are you trying to teach me in this moment? What is the lesson that I need to learn? 
through this trial? What is the lesson that I need to learn through this error, through this mistake? What are you trying to teach me in this moment? And maybe if we got a better grasp on what God is trying to teach us in that moment, then maybe it'd be easier for us to come through that storm because whatever situation you find yourself in, we're always rel- it's always relative to a trial. It's always relative to a storm. Either we're coming out or we're going in or, or we're about to go in. We, 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 whatever situation we find ourselves in, we're in, we're coming out of the storm or we're going into the storm. But the question that we should ask is not when the, is when, is not when is this storm going to end God, but rather what is the lesson you're trying to teach me in this moment? What is the lesson that I need to learn from this trial and from this storm? And David, I believe he learned his lesson. One of the things that he learned is that by looking at the text, it says by leaving the the ark of God in the house of Obed-Edom, it said Obed-Edom and everything that was attached to his house was blessed. Why? Because of the ark of God. It made it clear the source of his blessing. So what David learned in this moment is that even though the ark of of God, it had certain rules by which it should be carried, but the blessings that accompanied the ark or get this, the presence as it represented the presence of God was worth the trial. It was worth the storm was worth whatever you had to go through to make sure that the ark was in his house. And I came to tell somebody today that no matter what you have to do to get inside God's presence, it's worth it. What trials you may go through, whatever storms you may face, it's worth it to get inside God's presence, to have God's presence abiding in you, to make sure that you're in line with what God desires and wants from you. Whatever the trial, whatever the storm, whatever the devil tries to throw at you, I want you to know that the outcome, that the blessing, that what you receive out of being in God's presence is worth the storm or whatever you may suffer. And that's what David realized. He's like, in that moment, he's like, yes, there, there was a setback because of the loss of the life of Uzziah and us being disobedient and how we carry the ark. Yes, there, 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 I set myself up for, for a pitfall by getting the ark again, but I'm coming with an understanding this time, a better understanding that having the ark in my house is worth the trial. It's worth the trouble. It's worth me having to step out on faith for. And I'm telling you the same with God when you're operating inside his will, when you're trying to get closer to him, when you're trying to seek his presence, every pitfall that you may suffer is worth the trouble because the reward is much greater than the trial. But David learned something in this moment. He learned something from his mistake. And I want to talk to somebody about that because sometimes we can do the right thing by accident. Sometimes we do the right thing because God has favored us. It wasn't because of our own skill. It wasn't because of our own knowledge. But sometimes God just causes us to walk in the right way because we're favored of him. That does not mean that we understand even what we did right. Because I think of it in the context of math. Two plus two is four and two times two is four. Well, somebody might get draw the conclusion from that, that three plus three is is six. So three times three must be six. But no, it's a different rule. If you come, if you got to two times two equals four, just because you two plus two is four, then really you got there by chance. It wasn't because of your knowledge. But if you try to explicate that same rule into a different set of circumstances, it doesn't work. 
So sometimes it's not that us being right is a, is a is a function of what we know. It's not a function of how mature we are in God. But sometimes God favors us. But you know what? I begin to understand and appreciate that I learn so much more from my mistakes. I learn so much more from my errors. It's not something that we like to talk about because we don't want to go through trials. We don't want to go through storms and we certainly don't want to make mistakes and errors. But there's so much more that I, I've learned from my mistakes and my errors because the next time I do it, I know I didn't do it by accident. The next time I get it right. I know it's not by chance or even just by God's favor that I got it right. But God taught me something through my error. He taught me something through my mistake. So the next time I step out like David did in this text, I'm intentional with it. And I'm challenging somebody right now. If you're in a place where you've made an error and you don't want to go back to that place, but maybe God is sending you back there just like God sent the children of Israel back to I or as AI, as some of us call it a place where they failed, a place where they lost, but God sent them back. Why? Because they had made a mistake in Jericho. And once they corrected that mistake, God said, you're going to be successful in the place where you just lost. And I'm telling someone right there, you made a mistake. You made an error. There was something that didn't happen for you. You didn't get the job. You didn't get the promotion. Uh, maybe you didn't have the financial situation together. Your credit wasn't what it needed to be. You weren't approved for the house or, or, or maybe the relationship. Some of you are seeking a relationship and it didn't work out and you're trying to get married and you're, you're trying to have children. And maybe last time it didn't work. And there are certain things that you're seeking God for and sometimes even along the way in what we've sought we didn't seek it the wrong way we made a mistake we made an error but what God is telling somebody right now is that don't be afraid to go back to the place where you have failed go back to the place where you have lost go back to the place where you have challenged were challenged or even like David go back to retrieve the ark go back into God's presence go back to receive the blessing that is laid out for you even in the face of of having made a mistake because I'm teaching you something through this trial. You're learning a lesson out of this setback. And the next time you do it, you won't, it won't be by chance, but the next time you do it, you're going to be more intentional. You're going to be more intentional. You know what? When you're more intentional with it, you're more grateful and more thankful. You're more appreciative for what God's done because it only takes a, someone to fail a few times. But then when they experience success, the success is just a little bit sweeter when you fail before. The success is a little bit more meaningful when you're succeeding in a place where you've fallen, when you had to take the test a few more times than somebody else. You might appreciate passing it on the second time or the third time a little bit more than the person who passed it the first time. When you've been rejected and the next time you get approved, you may you may appreciate that approval a little bit more than someone who got approved the first time. It's like Jesus when he made mention of the woman who came and wiped his feet with her, washed his feet with her hair and with her tears and, and anointed with, with with oil. And he said to those who were around, him, he said, this woman, she she gets she serves much and she's thankful much because she has been forgiven much. He said, her sins, which are many, are now forgiven. He said, but only those who have been forgiven much are as thankful as she had, is. In a word, he's saying only those who have failed as much as she has can appreciate success on the level that she does. 
And I came to tell that to somebody who thinks your failure is an indication of your future. No, I want you to think of your failure as an indication of your thankfulness, because you're going to be more thankful than anybody else when you walk into what God has coming for you. You think the person who got it the first time is appreciative, but only the person who has failed over and over and over again can be appreciative on such a level as you. So I'm telling, challenging somebody to go again, go back. God is challenging you to go back. He's saying you're going to be more intentional this time. You're going to be more prepared this time. You're going to be ready because you have learned the lesson of your failure. You've learned the lesson of your trial. You've learned the lesson of your storm. And this time you're going to be more intentional. This time you're going to be more appreciative. This time it's going to taste a little bit sweeter to you than anybody else around you who's experiencing the same success because you know how much it costs and you are more thankful and grateful than anybody else who hasn't experienced your story. Your story. Some of you are talking about the how hurtful your story is, but sometimes the depth of your story makes your success just that much sweeter. And I'm praying and believing and speaking into your life success, even right now, as you step out by faith to go again, to try again, to be more intentional, to be more grateful, to be more thankful. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. The Lord, you're not the God of another chance. The Lord, that you forgive us over and over and over again that you're faithful to us and that your mercies are new to us each morning. Great is thy faithfulness to us, Lord, for which we are grateful and we are thankful. Thank you for giving us more opportunities in life, Lord, to repair relationships, Lord, to experiencing healing, healing physically, mentally, and emotionally. Lord, to give us even carnal success financially, Lord, with our jobs, with our homes, Lord. Thank you for that success, but Lord, even more. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to get closer and closer to you. And Lord, we have decided in our minds that we're going to be more intentional in getting closer to you. We're going to be more thankful and grateful to be in your presence. And Lord, wherever your presence is, there are blessings. There is joy forevermore in your presence. And for that, Lord, we are thankful and we are grateful. And we pray all these things in our precious son Jesus name. Amen. And God bless you. I pray that you are blessed by the words that you heard on tonight. I pray that you will be intentional about stepping closer into the presence of God. But this time, it's not like before. Don't worry about what happened before. But this time you're going to be more grateful. You're going to be more thankful. You're going to want to be more intentional and being in his presence is going to be sweeter today than it ever was before. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by give a fuck. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. 
and in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.